0: Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition.
1: All right, everybody, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, alongside my co-host Beth Popnikolov, and we have a great show lined up for you today.
2: We are going to dive into how do you break into the U.S. market? How do you bring your success that you've seen in other spaces into one of the largest residential and commercial markets in the world? And in the studio today to talk about that from an expert seat is Lori McCowan. He is the president of Cavity Sliders and is seeing some really cool traction with a great product. Lori, thanks for your time and welcome to the show.
0: Thanks very much for having me.
2: Before we get into all of our many, many questions, why don't you take a couple minutes and introduce yourself and cavity sliders to our audience?
0: Sure. My name is Laurie McCallan. I am the president here of Cavity Sliders. We stem from a parent company out of New Zealand and we set up shop in the US 10 years ago now. I started the business here with a good friend of mine, Ben Kenny, who's now gone back to New Zealand. And things came about I didn't really see it coming, to be honest. I had done an exchange at the University of California, Santa Barbara, for my last year of university. Ben's family owned and ran the business for 35 years in New Zealand, and we'd always been good friends. And one holiday, when I was on my exchange, he said, hey, we're looking to expand the business to the US. And I'd said, it's an amazing place over here. Southern California is an incredible lifestyle, and there's also 350 million people, so why don't we give this a crack? And at the end of the exchange, he sent me some of the products over and sort of figured out who the customers would be. You know, we got a good response enough to say, all right, let's jump in the deep end and we're 10 years in and things have been a success. So I'm grateful we had that conversation. What is a cavity slider? Nothing to do with the dental industry. Um (laughs) cavity slider is the magic within the wall that is a pocket system. So because of the presence of our business in New Zealand and, you know, in the Southern hemisphere, cavity sliders are what people call pocket doors. It's a door that slides inside the cavity in the wall. Now we do things a bit differently because the product category has been notorious for problems. And so we've taken an eye for design and engineering focused on long run performance and reliability. So, you know, everything we do is about solving the problems that people have to deal with. With alternatives, because there's been low cost sort of production orientated product that have left people scarred. So our mission is is to change that view, and we're making some inroads towards that.
1: I'm really curious to hear about how you started to actually get into the market. We talk to a lot of manufacturers who are doing one of two things: they're either a, they're launching a new product into a category or space that they don't have experience in, and they're trying to penetrate, and that is typically easier than. People who are in your scenario are like, hey, we're a whole new company, breaking into the US, and we're going to find ways to sell our product to people that we don't have a pre existing relationship with. Talk me through what you did that was right. And looking back, what would you have done differently knowing what you know now?
0: Looking back, there's a lot of things that we could have streamlined. You know, arriving as a twenty three year old and we had no sales on the board as a completely foreign product with a foreign accent walking into these places It wasn't easy. It was a slug, like a real grind. And it was just one of those situations where, and it sounds cliche, but you know, we, we just trusted the process and had enough gut instinct that we were going to make a success of it. And it was just about getting in front of as many people as physically possible and getting the message out there. Though what I realised, and more so in hindsight, is that you can have the best or the most revolutionary product in the world, but people have seen foreign businesses, foreign people come into the US and fail. So there is a barrier to establishing a relationship because it's a leap of faith: setting up an account, dedicating your time, and establishing a relationship with a new person that you're not 100 percent sure is going to be there in two, five, ten years. So. There's a little bit of it and especially being young. So it just takes a bit of time and attrition for people to establish that credibility. But in trusting the process and just persevering, you start to get those small wins. You get the runs on the board that, you know, allow the repeat business from, you know, your customers and their customers so that people actually get that positive feedback loop to say, actually, you know, people really like this stuff. These guys are still here, doesn't look like they're going away, and then it starts to snowball. So in the early days, that's sort of what it was about. You know, honestly, a bit of blind faith and just trusting the processes and just keep going really was what we were telling ourselves.
1: What were some of like the marketing and sales tactics you used? that looking back, Laura, you can go like, that was really smart that we did this, even if we didn't know necessarily that it was a good move?
0: So in the early days, it was like grass roots, boots on the ground, sales.
1: Just knocking on doors.
0: Though about five years ago, we started to put a real emphasis on our digital marketing. And that's been incredibly powerful. We have three people on our marketing team here in the States, led by Jessica, and they do an incredible job. This is an old school industry, right? And I was skeptical about it at the start for that reason. But it has blown my mind how powerful digital marketing has been for us especially the channels of YouTube and Instagram. A lot of builders are getting their information and ideas through people that they trust through those channels. And we've had some powerful partnerships with some folks on there, but also we deliver a lot of user-generated content that we get from the people using our products. And we do a lot of case studies as well to show and educate people. And that's been really powerful for us. So more than I ever expected.
2: You had an extra complexity, which we actually see quite a lot when products from the UK or Australia or Europe try to break into the US market, which is you're typically going into a really niche product category where that specific region has developed this really great solution for a problematic product category. So you had that extra complexity of you're young, you're a new company. That's tough in any industry. It's really tough in our industry. How did you get builders or contractors to stand still long enough to listen to you talk about this very problematic aspect where they are even maybe like designing entire homes and buildings without a pocket door? How did you get them to talk to you and believe you when they've encountered so many problems before?
0: Good question. It's funny you raise that because there are a lot of builders and architects that will actually do everything they can to substitute pocket doors out of a house or a project or as they've been burnt but the thing is if a problem is big enough for people and you have a solution they will listen and then it's just about getting in front of them so when i say like grassroots selling we would walk onto job sites with samples and show people an aluminum pocket frame yeah. and that's different right if people have been installing wooden systems that look like shipping crates you'll get people's attention it can be that straightforward And then obviously, you know, you can show people the problems that it solves, but for builders that have dealt with those issues, all they really need to see is the product and it starts to make sense when they see that, you know, the throat of the pocket is not going to move, that it's going to remain perfectly square forever, that there's easy service if they need to get back in and replace a door. Those are all things that have caused builders problems, callbacks, which have tarnished you know, their brand or their reputation in the past. So if they can align themselves with a product that is going to you know, support their brand, but also save them money, it's a no-brainer. Then it's just a matter
1: of getting in front of them. What do you think was the tipping point for you, Laurie? Like looking back, you've seen a bunch of success. What would you say is like, looking back, this was the thing I was like, okay, this thing is really going to work.
0: So I break our journey into three chunks. The first chunk was like the proper slump. It was fun, but it, like looking back, it's like, it'll be tough to do that again. We're about two years in, and our products are really well geared for high-end residential construction, but they've also got a good niche in some commercial ver- verticals. We landed a job, it must have been yeah, two years in, and it was 10,000 Santa Monica Boulevard, and there must have been 600 apartments and almost 1,000 pocket systems that we sold. And at that time, you know, you never want to count your chicken. And then we got the order and Ben and I were like, all right, you're not going home. Because there was always that point. It took us like three months to get an order to start with. And you're like, all right, you know, we're getting a few orders here. But there was always that feeling like, when do we know that this is going to be a success? So that was one point when we got that job to actually like breathe. Because this business was funded, although in a bootstrap fashion, because you're not going to give two, twenty, three 23 23-year-olds too much money for them people to say, okay, <laughs> this has actually got some legs, you know what I mean? So that was one thing. And then about four years ago when we released our cavity slider, the product behind the name of our business, we designed that for the U.S. market. So we designed it around the wall, standards, stud sizes, door thicknesses, everything. We wanted it to be easy to ship and assemble, hence the fact it's in a kit set, but also customizable because we wanted to keep our operational footprint light So that we could scale quick. If I look back without sounding boastful, I think we did a really good job from a design standpoint there. And that cemented our footprint with our handles and our tracks. And then we released the product behind the name of the business, which we'd always planned to do, but that hit the mark really well. And that allowed us to go on another, you know, phase of nice growth. So those are the two sort of points in history that I look at. Like those were the catalysts.
2: Did you have a timeline in mind when you came 10 years ago, when you were 23 and you're like, sure, I'll stay on, you know, after my exchange study is done. Did you and the owner in New Zealand say, like, hey, we're gonna give you a certain amount of time to see if we can make this happen?
0: Yeah. I thought I was gonna be in and out three years. That's just the naivety of it. And I talked to friends of mine and other people looking to do this, this anyone doing anything with a tangible good. I don't think you can really break through and do anything meaningful in under five years. So that was just me being naive. It's been an amazing journey and I wouldn't change anything. But I honestly thought we were going to come over, set this thing up and it'll be sorted in three years and we'll move back to New Zealand, which is quite funny thinking about that. But from like a stage gating sort of mindset in terms of like investment, we had regular meetings about, you know, progress and what does break even look like? How long is it going to take to get there? And I think we got to that point in two or three years.
1: What are you trying to do next that's going to like fuel your growth? What are you investing into that's going to help push the business forward more?
0: So for us now, we sort of have established our recipe and our go-to-market. And it's simple, but it works. So for us, it's really about getting more salespeople on the road. We have... Full-time sales staff, regional sales managers, which oversee independent reps or agencies. And then at the same time, we're going to put more emphasis into our digital marketing. We're going to put more focus on the commercial sector because that's an area that we can achieve more market share. And then it's just about staying ahead from an innovation standpoint. In order to be recognized as the best, we have to keep innovating. So we've got to keep delivering the best, most innovative products in the world so we've got some good things cooking in that regard and then there's going to be some exciting stuff to come from you know a technology standpoint in terms of how you know we interact with our customers online there'll be some ai stuff to come as well which is going to be exciting so yeah all of that things that help support your position as the best
1: if you're a manufacturer listening to this lori and you're saying hey I really like how Lori and his team have tackled the problem and they've gone to market and exploited that and have had the right mindset, but are looking for like one piece of advice. What's the one thing that you would tell them to do, knowing what you know now and where you're trying to push the business? What's the one piece of advice you would give them, regardless of their business size, where they are in their life cycle? Give me that one piece of advice you give them. Coming to America. <laughs> you could just stop there. Coming, Coming to America. To
0: America. <laughs> so geographically, this place is a beast. There are so many people and there is so much opportunity that you can get lost. you got to be super focused, laser focused on what is realistic to handle. So focus on one vertical, one product line that is where you have the most opportunity and block out the distraction. And to start with, focus on one geographical market. Fish your feet first and do that well. So, for example, with us, we set up in Los Angeles and we focused on SoCal to start, and that was the right move. And you get a, a following in one area and then move out from there. The other thing to support the actual focus from a strategic standpoint, there's so many products that this our current company out of New Zealand sells and manufactures, and the reason is because in a market of 5 million people, you have to make what people want. By that, I mean, if an architect designs something or wants something, you go and make it because you need to to keep the wheels turning. But we could be laser-focused on a, just a fine portion of the product line because in America, it just needs a, a little sliver. And as a result, you can be yeah, laser-focused. Lori
1: well, right, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. If someone wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
0: On our website, cavitiesliders.com instagram cavity sliders you'll see some good content coming out weekly give us a call 888-466-0030 or come see our showroom 548 Finney Court gardena
1: laurie thank you again and for listeners if you enjoyed this episode check us out at venvio.com slash podcast to subscribe and get more until next time i'm zach williams alongside beth pomnikolov thanks everybody